Procrastinating, a term most often used by the millennial generation, is a method of putting something off, delaying, or postponing something by taking part in the act of baking. Procrastinating, a place to talk about our baking obsessions and avoid doing everything else. Coming to you from Southern California, I'm Louisa. I'm from Eastern North Carolina. I'm Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Do you feel like I was too NPR with that intro, though? I feel like I was kind of chill. (laughs) (laughs) I did not get that vibe from you. Okay, good. I mean, nothing against NPR hosts, (laughs) but the vibe we're going for. Not the vibe that matches this podcast and the energy we we try to bring. So, okay, that's good to hear. Um, So, Rachel, this is our holiday Christmas episode, and you are like the Christmas cookie queen, in my opinion. I want to hear all about your Christmas cookie baking adventures, just in general. I'm so excited. It's the best time of the year. Um, and I told Mike the other day, cause we bought like a ton of butter <laughs> and he's like, why do you have so much butter? I'm like, it's baking season. He's like, isn't every season baking season in this house? Like, no, <laughs> not as much in the summer cause it's too hot to run the oven, <laughs> but <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. He should know by now that this is like when you're baking alter ego Christmas, Rachel, that's what it's called. <laughs> Um, when she comes to life and she just takes right, over November 1st, she like hops out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have made so far millionaire shortbread bars. They're in my freezer and they're delicious. Ooh. Um, and I made, so last year at the cookie exchange, I got a really good gingerbread cookie and I asked for the recipe and I made it and it was delicious, but it didn't hold the shape. So I'm probably going to try it again, um, and chill it longer and see if I can get prettier cookies because I want to ice them because it came with an icing recipe too but those are in my freezer because they still taste good okay. and then I made first time ever tried making bonbons and I, I thought that was really fun I'm hooked I made brandy flavored nut bonbons and I made just a small batch because I was like this could be a disaster <laughs> um so I don't want a bunch <laughs> of weights of chocolate and I'd recently ordered two molds, one um, silicon and one like a hard plastic, kind of like a ice cube tray. Okay. So I put like six in each one and tried it, tried painting the chocolate, which you do with um, cocoa butter. So I ordered cocoa butter from Amazon and colored it with oil-based food coloring. Wow, Rachel, this is like a big project. Right. And then you paint the molds with that and then you pour in like a thin coat of chocolate and then turn it upside down, let it drain out. Then you fill it with your flavored ganache and then put another thin coat of chocolate to like steal it. Wow. Does it sound, I mean, it sounds complicated. Did you find it to be as difficult as it It was a lot simpler than I thought it was going to be. Like it was a lot of, it was the steps, but they weren't difficult steps. It was just kind of waiting. Okay. Because I was surprised like the filling is like ganache that you flavor. So is the, is the brandy in the ganache then? Yes. Okay. And then, so I popped them out. The silicone ones came out really nicely. The ice cube ones, 
I couldn't get them out. Like it says like crack it on the counter and they fall out. Well, they don't. Um, sorry, Spoiler alert. my sister. Yeah. I was like, how do I get this out? She's like, um, run a, run it under hot water on the backside or use a hairdryer to like just loosen the chocolate a little bit. And I was like, okay. So I did the water thing and got like one or two out. <laughs> and so I kept doing the water thing and they eventually all came out, but you, you, I still had to like slam it on the counter. And sometimes I didn't notice that it had popped out. And so I slammed it again, crushing the one that had just come out. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. It just seems like the silicone would be easier to Yes. Um, manage in general. So I'm sticking with the silicone, which um, I can probably get. I really like the design of the plastic one. It's like a hexagonal kind of shape to it, like, or maybe not. It's geometric. I didn't count it how many sides it had. <laughs> and it's just like real geometric, where the other one is just like round with like a little indention. Yeah. But I'm sure they have all the different shapes and stuff. So I'll look for those because um, it was really easy. And for the first time, like, I was really pleased with how well they turned out. Yeah, they look, I've seen the picture that you sent. Um, they looked beautiful and I'm just so, see, I told you it's like Christmas baking queen over here. I'm just so impressed. Um, I want to hear more about the, like the painting. So like, how are you painting them with what, with the, like a brush? Like, um, yeah, so I have like a silicone pastry brush. Okay. And yeah, I mean, it's literally just cocoa butter and food coloring, or you can use luster dust, um, but I had the food coloring. So I just used that and apparently I need more food coloring because mine came out pink. I think it's just old (laughs) and it was supposed to be red. And yeah, you can like, I watched like different tutorials where they like just flick the brush and make like a splatter pattern. Um, Apparently you can do like layers of color. So you could get pretty creative with what kind of design you paint. For some of them, I just took my finger and like smeared like a half circle because the brush was bigger because it's for like, egg washes and stuff you know yeah bigger than the molds so my finger (laughs) for doing that kind of thing was easier and I splattered a few with the brush but those were the ones I smashed so you know I see yeah well everything sounds so amazing and are you making this for like boxes because you usually will do like cookie exchanges or some kind of holiday dessert exchange yes I am taking a cookie tray to my work where I'm going to work potluck for lunch one day. So I'm going to take a cookie tray for that. And then I am having a Christmas party here. So I'll have cookies for that. And then my neighbors get cookie boxes and I'm doing the Food 52 um, cookie swap too. So the bonbons, like I wasn't sure like how long they were going to last. And it says it'll last like a month. Um, so I probably could ship them. But these, since I only ended up with like eight that I didn't smash, I'm taking them to book club this week. Okay. Wow. You have a lot going on. That's great. Well, now I'm inspired. I kind of want to try to make bonbons. I don't know. You totally should. (laughs) She's the bonbon spokesperson. I've been sold. Rachel, I think you and I make a really great cream and (laughs) you truly are my butter half. And I, I think our friendship was peppermint to be, and I love that you are a real whisk taker when it comes to baking. That's cute. (laughs) Um, I also want to take the time to wish you a very happy birthday. And in honor of your upcoming birthday, I was determined to sprinkle in as many 
cheesy puns into this episode as I can. <laughs> there are a few more puntastic puns coming up. And if you can find them all, you will win a very special birthday present from me. Ooh, that's so much fun. I'm glad you're excited because I really took the time to come up with the best puns and I tried to sneak them in there. So you have to really listen for them. So at the end, I will, I will circle back and ask you if you can remember which ones were in there and see if you win the big, great birthday prize. (laughs) Sounds like a good plan. Oh, okay. Rachel, I am beyond excited for the holidays. (laughs) And all the baking projects that make the holiday season so special. Today seems like a good day to talk about Baking for the Holidays, a new holiday baking cookbook by Sarah Kiefer. Rachel and I selected some recipes from the book to try out. Rachel, muffin compares to you when it comes to Christmas (laughs) baking. Tell us your first impressions of the book and what you decided to bake. So this is a beautiful book. Like I just even love like that photo that's on the front. Like once you open the front cover, I don't know what you call that part of the book. Uh, oh yeah it's gorgeous with the trees and the snow yes and I found a lot of things I wanted to make in this book and we also because we pre-ordered it we got the e-recipe book with some like exclusive Christmas recipes so that was exciting um I have a long list of things I'm going to make from this book but the first thing I made was from the e-book and it is her cherry pecan chocolate chip cookies Ooh, that sounds delicious and very holiday-like so okay so how did they turn out they turned out really well and so if I remember right we don't have this in common I like oatmeal cookies and you do not um so they are oatmeal based but they're like not chunky oatmeal cookies they're like very thin and lacy okay so you might like these because the texture is a little different yeah they were good I would make them again like I love that combination of cherry pecan and chocolate and they were easy to whip up um they were best of enough, you know, for a chocolate <laughs> cookie. Um, so yeah, they were good. I definitely make them again. Okay. And I, on my list, like I really want to make her, and I don't know why, cause I'm not a pie fan, but the apple pie looks really good. Oh, is it just apple pie or is there a twist to it? Let me see. Well, I was gonna say, let's see my books right here. <laughs> I have the book open. It's apple caramel and hard cider. Ooh, that sounds really good. Yeah. So I think that might be one of my Thanksgiving desserts because it just sounds good. Yeah. I'm curious what else is on your wish list? Um, oh goodness. Um, I saw one that I was like, I feel like she would maybe make this, but, and maybe it's because I saw cardamom in the title. I was like, I think maybe. Oh, I do remember something cardamom, but I don't remember what it was. This one's Uh, on my wish list. It's the coffee cardamom monkey bread. Yes. That looks good. And I made the marshmallow fluff from this for our, what state was that? Massachusetts. (laughs) Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the chocolate tart looks really good. And I want to try the Danishes. I was you read my mind. I was just gonna ask you about Danishes because we went out of town this weekend and we stopped by a place and got a really good Danish. And Raul likes to do that. He'll have something really good and be like, wait a minute, how come you've never baked this before? And <laughs> I was like, you know what? I've never made danishes before but she has a lot of different danish recipes in here so this might be the book to use for that yeah and i noticed she has like an easy dough too so she's got a cheater's dough and then she's got an easy dough which is easier than the cheaters so that's the one i'm gonna try (laughs) oh that sounds like yeah right up my alley too um yeah i see here a cranberry and cream danish that sounds really good 
Yes. Another one that I thought I saw in here. And she said that um, traditionally the dough is flavored with cardamom. So I'm going to do that too. Perfect. Yeah. What did you think about just the general, um, the recipes included? Because I feel like there's a good mix of maybe traditional things, but also things that she put a fun twist. I was just going to say that. I was worried that it was just going to be very traditional. Yeah. Which I mean, her cookie book isn't, but for some reason, like a holiday baking book, I was like, oh, this is just going to be like fruitcake and shortbread cookies. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, it's a really nice book. Yeah. They're like fun, fun variations on things that people will be familiar with. Yeah. And I also want to make what you made, but I'll let you talk about that. Oh, that's right. Let me talk about what I made. So I made the Nutella star bread, which looking at the picture, I was like, there's no way I can make this. <laughs> It just looks, I mean, it's beautiful. There's so many twists to the dough, but it surprisingly was much easier than I thought. It's a lot of just like, um, like resting time in between steps. But the part that was the most intimidating was getting the, the twist just right to make it into the star shape. But she walks you through it. Like I like her books because they don't feel overwhelming with directions. Like they're very straightforward. Um, I feel the same way about 100 cookies. So it felt very accessible to me. And she had like a step-by-step pictures, which with each step. That's very helpful. Yes. Yes. Very helpful. And just the way she described like how to turn the dough, it was very direct. Like I, you know, so I felt like I could follow it. And I, I was very pleased with how it turned out. Um, It was beautiful. I feel like it's a good, I'm going to use the word showstopper. Like I'm on it is that's the thought I had yes it's so beautiful so it would be great to bring to like a party because it's a good you know it's like an attention grabber um and it tasted really well I I feel like it had a decent amount of Nutella do you say Nutella or Nutella um now that you've asked me that I say no but I think it's new isn't it I uh I realize I've said it both ways I think it is new though um but I feel like it had a decent amount of Nutella and it was great with with coffee so I was very pleased in terms of, well, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. In terms of wish list items, I think in addition to the coffee cardamom monkey bread, um, there was one more, where is it that I flagged? We talked about the Danishes. Oh, did you see the creme brulee pumpkin pie? Yes. I like creme brulee stuff. I think that would be good. Doesn't that sound fun? Like a fun way to like mix up just making the same old pumpkin pie. I've been thinking about that a lot. Just with Thanksgiving coming up. And everybody's still happy because it's still the traditional thing that they're looking for. Exactly. So I don't know if I'll for sure make it for Thanksgiving or some other occasion, but but that one is one that I've bookmarked as well. So yeah, I've been very, very pleased. Oh, and the peanut butter cups. I feel like I need to try those too. Ooh, yeah. You do love peanut butter. So we'll have to um, <laughs> revisit. We'll have to almost give like another update. Like yeah, we made anything else from this book and then next episode talk about what else we decided to make. We can do that. We can have a book club segment. Yeah. Movies encourage our imaginations and delight our senses. Some special movies also tickle our taste buds. When that happens, we can't help but try to recreate the desserts they featured. Today's movie selection is Elf. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! What's your name? My name's Buddy. He thinks he's an elf. Does someone need a hug? I hear you're going on a little journey to the big city. Dad! I, I walked all day and night to find you. You look like you came from the North Pole. 
Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. There's no singing in the North Pole. Yes, there is. No, it's not. We sing all the time. No, it's not. Especially when we make toys. I love you. I love you. I love you. Wow. That was weird. There's so many wonderful scenes in this movie. Louisa, what are some of your favorite moments? Um, Rachel, I love Elf. I actually didn't really watch it until I was older. Raul likes to do themed movie marathons for different seasons. So we do one for Halloween. And so when we got married, we started doing one for Christmas. And I think that's when I watched Elf for the first time. It was like one of the early years we were married when it was on our list. I think it is so funny. Um, (laughs) One of my favorite moments is when he's like walking in the city and he sees um, a coffee shop that's put out a sign that says world's world's best cup of coffee. And he's like so happy for them. He busts in there and is just like, congratulations, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh my God, I laugh so hard every time. And then it's not like a specific scene, but just like, I think it's mostly at the beginning. They do like a montage where you, see him compared to like the tiny elves and like Will Will Ferrell's like so he's so tall he's like big and so just any scene where he's like sitting in those tiny desks when they're like in the classroom or like sitting on his dad's lap um (laughs) (laughs) those always make me laugh because of just the the comparison of how tiny they are compared to him yeah what about you Rachel what do you like from the movie I th- I'm with you. I think it's really funny. I was an adult too. I think the first time I saw it, um, I don't remember when it came out. So maybe it just came out later in our life. I like that so much of it like mirrors um, my favorite movie. Well, not my favorite movie, but one of my favorite Christmas movies, Rudolph. Oh, Rudolph. Yeah. The little forest animals, like they're the same. And I looked it up and it's because like Rudolph was improperly copyrighted. So that's how like Elf can get away with using so much of the same things from the movie. Oh, they like filed. There's like a missing number or like a missing period or something in the copyright. And I was like, really? You would think like the spirit of the copyright would still exist and it would just be acknowledged that's a typo. But oh, that's funny. So does the movie pull from like the plot of Rudolph or like what does it pull from? It pulls like a lot of images, like in the beginning, um, a lot of it's similar and like the elves' outfits are the same. Okay. So just kind of like, um, it's not really an homage, but in that same vein, I guess. That's really cool. I didn't know them. Yeah. And then I also, so I have a trivia question for you. Okay. Um, why did they have to film the elf spaghetti scene twice? <laughs> um, I don't know. Did like Will Ferrell choke on something and then they had to read to it? I have no idea. Pretty much. He got sick. <laughs> did he? He did, yeah. I'm somehow not surprised, actually. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have to. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that. Ooh, I like this movie trivia. Raul would be very happy. He'll enjoy <laughs> editing this episode. Um, That's funny. Well, okay, so this is a good segue. So yes, in honor of Elf, Rachel and I, as you probably guessed, decided to recreate the infamous pasta that Buddy makes for breakfast in the movie. <laughs> And fans of the movie will remember that the ingredients are somewhat untraditional for pasta and likely not as delicious as Buddy thinks it is. So our challenge (laughs) was to recreate this into a form that would be edible and enjoyable. Rachel, I positively can't wait to hear about your elf pasta. (laughs) There's one. (laughs) (laughs) So 
Mm-hmm. This took me some like brain work to try and figure out because I kept thinking like funnel cake and I was like, I can't make funnel cake because there's nobody here to help me eat funnel cake. <laughs> um, and funnel cake's not really good the next day. <laughs> so. I remember like those haystack cookies. I don't know if you ever had those before. I haven't, I no. I've only had them a handful of times, um, but they're like no-bake cookies that use the chow mein noodles in them. Okay. And I've had them that are like peanut butter or butterscotch flavored. And I've had them when they're chocolate. And the chocolate ones I think are better. But for this, I want it to look more like spaghetti. (laughs) Yeah. So I made like a peanut butter maple haystack cookie and then topped it with sprinkles. And the plan was to top it with mini M&Ms, but I couldn't find anything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if they still make them or not. Like, um, I'm pretty sure they do because they used to have them like in the checkout lanes of grocery stores. Yeah. Don't um, they sell them in those little tubes? Right? right. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, maybe it's like pandemic. Maybe there's like an M&M, mini M&M shortage or something. Probably. <laughs> They're all sitting somewhere. So it turned out okay. I was like when I tried the mixture before it like hardened up, I was like, this is not bad. But then once it had hardened up into like the cookie. I was like, eh, I could take this or leave this. So okay, I don't think I'll be sharing them with anyone. I had like one or two and then I threw them away. The cookies of shame. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they um, weren't gross. And I think if people like those type of cookies, they'd probably like them. But I was just like, I don't know about this. I like the sound of like the, you said pecan and maple. Peanut butter and maple. Peanut butter and maple. That's also good. So I like the sounds of the flavors, but yeah, it's like, it's this was a hard challenge I agree because they are you're you're like forced to try to include things that you wouldn't necessarily put together so it's it's already hard but I'm glad they weren't awful though yeah they were not awful but not what I was going for I think (laughs) (laughs) just disappointing yeah we'll have to figure out what happened to the mini M&Ms we need an investigation (laughs) (laughs) well I I also had to do a little bit of thinking outside the box. At a certain point, I was just like, forget it. I'm just going to actually make spaghetti because I I just could not think of a way to make this work. And then I thought about, um, I don't know where I saw this, maybe on TikTok. TikTok Tina, tell me if I saw this on TikTok. I don't know. Well, I've probably seen this on Pinterest. Like you've seen those cakes that they make into like... um, well, it's like a burger, but it's like actually a cake. You've seen stuff yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So I saw one that was spaghetti and meatballs and the spaghetti was made with frosting. And so then I was like, what will be my my method of serving this? And then going back to Sarah Kiefer, I thought about the 100 cookies and her cookies, the pan banging ones are huge. I knew that's what they were. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're happening. right. Yeah. I was like, I need something big to like hold all of the toppings. And first I was like, maybe I could do cupcakes, but that just didn't give me big enough of a surface to work with. So I made the sugar cookies, her pan banging sugar cookies, and they were so big. They were perfect for this. And then I made American buttercream um, for my spaghetti noodles. And I was able to top it with all the things that go in Buddy's pasta. So I topped it with the rainbow sprinkles, the red and green M&Ms. I used regular size though. <laughs> well, yeah, because the cookies used. Um, yeah, they would have looked weird. Um, what are the little square things? Oh, okay. So in the movie, he his breakfast toasts are like Pop-Tarts. They're like chocolate oh, Pop-Tarts. Yeah. And so I, I bought like the little snack pack version. 
of the, so smart. Yeah. And so I topped it with that and it had some syrup and chocolate Hershey's sauce and a lot of things, mini marshmallows. <laughs> it's a lot. They're gorgeous. You could totally slip those in like a little cellophane bag and sell them for like $4. <laughs> well, that is very sweet. Maybe there's a market out there. Maybe people really want recreations of. Oh yeah. Call it like buddy spaghetti or something. Yeah. Like, yeah the kids are going to ask for it. Um, it's a lot of sugar, Rachel. It's a lot. <laughs> um, the cookie is good. I know you're not a fan of sugar cookies, but the cookie itself was good. Um, it's just a lot. So, I mean, it was, it was good. I think it, it looks better than it tastes obviously. Cause you're just adding a lot of different sugary things, but it I'm reminds over- me of those like crazy milkshakes. Oh, that just like add a whole bunch of random stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Raul said it reminded him of Lunchables, like the pizza ones. Oh, the pizza one. Yeah. <laughs> But I had a lot of fun making it. Like I, when I was piping the spaghetti, I was like, this is so fun. I don't know. I could see myself maybe doing this with Claudia when she's a little older, just for fun, you know? Yeah, that and would be fun. Yeah, so yeah, that would be I enjoyed it. Birthday party craft. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So overall, I, I highly enjoyed it. The whole process of making it. I would, so I don't know, because so yours looks like something I would like to eat better. But I know that like, I don't like sugar cookies. So I'm like, I don't think I'd want to eat either of these, but just looking at them and having to choose one, I would choose yours. Yeah. Well, that's very sweet. I think we, our goal was just to make it better than what the movie was. And I think, I think we both both succeeded. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I didn't get sick like Will Ferrell when I bit into it. So (laughs) success. (laughs) There we go. We have the world's best sweet spaghetti. (laughs) Congratulations, we did it. Congratulations. <laughs> Baking is a great way to explore the food of other places without leaving our kitchens. This season, we have been having a really nice time on our <laughs> Bake Around the U.S. road trip and have visited various states and tested out some of their favorite desserts. Today, we are in a New York state of mind. Let's talk about our New York-inspired bakes and see if Big Apples make an appearance in any of our desserts. Question, did it occur to you to even make an apple dessert? No, it did not. (laughs) Now I'm like, oh, that would have been so easy. (laughs) missed opportunity also I think it's hilarious that we haven't been able to get through these intros without laughing um (laughs) because of the puns (laughs) because they're so punny (laughs) so punny um I did not make anything apple for my dessert I actually made something called a blackout cake have you heard of this I have I've not ever had one though so I'm very curious yeah I I actually had not heard of it or had one so I did a little quick research on it. Apparently it was invented by a bakery in Brooklyn during World War II. And it is named Blackout Cake because there were blackout drills being conducted at the time in New York due to fear of airstrikes. So they would Mm -hmm. like practice like shutting down all the lights in the city for protection. Um, And oh my goodness, it is (laughs) very chocolatey, chocolate everything, chocolate cake, 
the filling is like a chocolate pudding. It has chocolate frosting and then it has like crumbled up chocolate cake decorating the sides. A lot of chocolate. Um, wow. Yeah, it was it was good. I had a bit of a going to back to our sweet and lows. We haven't done that in a while, but I had a low, a big uh-huh. low. So everything was going fine. Like the the cakes did not stick at all to the pans. That's been like a recent problem. Yeah, I actually like followed the recipe to the T on this one just to make sure I didn't mess up. Or well, that was my my intent to not mess anything up. It didn't really work out. <laughs> for the for the cake part, I like coated it with cocoa powder, like the the pan. Oh yeah. And that yeah. really helped just give it like a beautiful smooth top when I released it from the pan and nothing stuck to the pan. It was great. Um so I was like, oh feeling super confident. Everything's going well. Um disaster struck. Yeah, truly. Like that my advice to anybody, just assume everything will go bad from the beginning. Don't get confident. Don't feel confident. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's almost like asking for something in the universe to come back at you. Um, so I was making the chocolate pudding for the filling and I don't know what I did. I guess I just miscalculated how long I needed to put it on the stove and I burned it. And it's just like the immediate smell of mm. just burn just burned something, um, just filled my apartment and it was disgusting. And then the aftertaste of the burnt, you know, flavor was like in the pudding and I couldn't get it out. I was like, there's no way I can use this pudding, but I didn't have enough ingredients or time to remake it. So I, I was able to salvage it. I had like the chai mix that I used for a bake, the cookies that we made a few episodes ago. Yes. I just, put a bunch of that in the pudding. I don't know. I, you should have seen me. I was like desperately just adding more and more and tasting and being like, it's almost completely covered to the point where it kind of ended up tasting like you just burn your taste buds out. <laughs> exactly. That was my goal. I was like, the chai will cover it. Um, it didn't completely cover it. It had like a s'more smoky flavor with the chai. So it was balanced That's enough nice. that I yeah. could use it. It just it wasn't like amazing though. I think if I hadn't burned the pudding, I would have liked the entire cake better. It also took a lot of time. There was like a lot of chilling time, you know, like you make the pull the pudding, then it has to chill for a couple hours. And then you put the, the cake together and then that has to chill for like an hour or two. And then you make oh. the frost. I don't know. It was just like a lot of chill time. So I don't know because of that. And maybe because I'm just traumatized by the burnt pudding <laughs> filling. I don't know that I would make it again. It does look pretty though. Like I love the crumble cake effect on the sides. I think that looks really nice with like, a, um, with the top just frosted and no crumbles on top. I have to share a picture, but yeah, it's just gonna say, I don't think I've seen that one yet. Yeah. So is it really dark? It is. Um, I kind of wish I had done, I wish I had used like the dark cocoa powder, mm-hmm. um, to give it more of like a dramatic effect, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of like my Matilda cake, except I feel like my Matilda cake was way better. Um, I think I've actually seen people say like, this is, if you want a Matilda type of cake, this is like a good base recipe to oh. you. I don't know if I completely agree with that, but <laughs> um, so all in all, I mean, I'm glad I tried it. Maybe it's worth me trying it from a bakery instead of, you know, to have like a frame of reference. Cause I tried it with my salvaged burnt pudding. So maybe that altered the whole thing. Who knows? But yeah, it was fine. I wouldn't make it again, I don't think, but I'm glad I tried it. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, the all the chocolate sounds like something I would like. I would definitely probably order it somewhere and see how it is. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would do the same. 
Um, okay, so what did you make? Your non-apple dessert as well. So I decided to go trendy for this one instead of historical. And one of the trendy things, I think probably where you are too, but in New York is cereal milk ice cream. Mm. So I found a lot of recipes for different ice creams and I decided to go with the Food 52 recipe because it said it was like the best cereal milk ice cream ever or something like that. <laughs> Congratulations. <You know? laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I just want like a recording of you saying that like him so I can just press it when I need to. <laughs> Congratulations. You've done it. The best cereal milk ice cream. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So um, tell us. But so I didn't follow it exactly because like when I think cereal milk ice cream, I was like, ooh, I have to make it with cinnamon toast crunch. Yes. Because that's like the best cereal milk. I agree. Um, but this has to be called for like a non-sugary cereal. What? It, and I figured out why I think it has you toast the cereal. Oh. So I, I didn't do that to my cinnamon toast crunch. I was like, it's just going to burn. But yeah, it has you like butter it and toast it and then make your cereal milk. So I just use their ratios for making cereal milk and then for making ice cream from the cereal milk. Okay. So you take like three cups or seven cups. I think it was seven <laughs> cups of cereal to like three cups of milk, something like That's that. That's a big difference, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was close to seven cups of cereal and you soak it for like half an hour or so in the milk. Um, then you strain it. And honestly, if I was doing it again, I'd probably do it again, like another seven cups in the same milk. Um, just to get a super concentrated flavor. Mm-hmm. And I made the ice cream, let it sit overnight before I turned it. And I like tasted that, the batter, I guess is what you call it. I don't know. And that was phenomenal. I was like, yes, this is the best <laughs> ice cream ever. Congratulations. I did it. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. It lost a little of the cinnamon flavor once it froze hard. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still good. It's just more like you get the cereal, the actual like grainy part. Okay. And then you get a little bit of cinnamon. So it's still good. I still eat it because it made like a quart or something. Um, yeah, a quart, two pints and a quart, right? I think four pints and a quart. I thought I four, but I'm probably wrong. But a quart is bigger, right? Yeah. So it made yes. a quart because I have quart containers and I have pints. So yeah, a quart. Um, so I'm still eating it. And it's good, but I think it needs more cinnamon. So maybe even add cinnamon to the mixture once it's done soaking up. Mm, but it's okay. Good. I would like the recipe for this. This sounds really nice. I agree. Like we have seen a couple of places near us here that do cereal inspired ice cream. And I always get the cinnamon toast crunch. It's just <laughs> like the best one. Yes. That sounds really good. I'm glad it was successful. And I'm glad you did like the, yeah, like a trendy twist. New York was funny, like looking at the list of things that originate from there. Cause a lot of them were things we have already done. Like that's just how yeah. influential there. That's why I went trendy. I felt like, cause cheesecake yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Same. I was like, everybody's done a New York cheesecake. So that's really cool. I'm glad you did it. And I'm glad it turned out well. And now you have delicious cinnamon toast crunch ice cream to devour. Yeah just for you. Don't share it with anyone. It's too precious. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I will share the recipe with you because it's really easy. So I like that. And you used your, um, your ice cream maker. I'm I did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've talked about like wanting to get more use out of it because I just, I bust it out like once a year and then I forget about it. <laughs> yeah. I used it a lot when I first got it and now I probably use it like twice a year maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So this would be a fun opportunity. So if you could, do you think of other cereals that you think would go, that would taste good, like an ice cream form? So I'm not a good 
I'm not a big cereal person, but I like ice cream. So there's like a peanut butter chocolate cereal. Maybe it's Captain Crunch, Reese Puffs. Uh, that might be it. Oh, yeah. Well, that would probably be decent. And I'm not opposed to trying the non-sugary cereal, but adding maybe some fruit in there with it. Because I think just too much of that grainy taste would just not be enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> I like Apple Jacks, but I don't know how that would be in a cereal. I mean, in, mm-hmm. a, in an ice cream. In an ice cream form. Yeah. You know what I've had that could be good is Fruity Pebbles. I thought about that. Yeah, that could be good too. All right. Well, maybe this will be the start of like other cereal ice cream experimentation. So we'll have to Thank check you. in. <laughs> well, Rachel, we have sadly come to the end of our Rachel's birthday slash holiday <laughs> baking episode. Um, I'm curious, can you tell me which puns I I sprinkled in there for you. Um, there were a lot. Um, <laughs> really nice whisk taker. Um, butter half. Um, New York state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me one more, and then you win the birthday prize. <laughs> uh, peppermint to be. Oh, lovely! Ding ding ding. Congratulations. You did it. Congratulations. (laughs) That should be the new title of this episode. Retitled. Congratulations. You've done it. You have won the birthday gift pack surprise something or other. So that will be in the mail. (laughs) And maybe next time, maybe next episode, you can share what was in it. Awesome. Unless you hate it, then we won't talk about it. We won't talk about it. Okay. (laughs) Happy birthday, Rachel. Thank you. You've made it sweet. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Procrastibaking. We hope we provided some food for thought for your next Procrastibaking project. As always, the links and the photos discussed in this episode can be found in our show notes. Procrastibake with us on Facebook and Instagram while you wait for our next episode to rise. We release new episodes first and third Fridays on your favorite platform. Tune in to the next batch of Procrastibaking to listen to the Procrastibaking team take on different types of buttercream. We also have a special guest joining us for an interview on Southern Baking and we will also hear some special baking memories from our listeners. Until next time, stay sweet. This has been Procrastivate. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a good review. You can also subscribe to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. You can also subscribe to our RSS feed directly from our website at ProcrastibakingPodcast.com. Also, feel free to follow us and give us your feedback on social media, on Instagram at at ProcrastibakingPodcast, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash ProcrastibakingPodcast. Procrastibaking is hosted and created by Rachel Rhodes and Luisa Gonzalez, produced and edited by Raul Ceballos, theme music by Alex Walker-Smith, and show artwork by Rob Demers. Demers.